Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.S.T. Cooper, and with me today is someone who wears clothes. Wears Hawaiian shirts on a Friday, thank you very much. So, yeah. Well, I almost wore my Hawaiian short shirts, but it was a little bit too thick for, like, for how I'm feeling right now. But... Ooh, too thick for how you're feeling yeah. right now. But we're talking we're talking with Rick. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? I am Rick from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. That's right. At one I forget which episode. Because Nate Gray doesn't show up until a little bit later, but we talked about X-Man for a little bit, and I made a pun based off of your thing. It'd be like excising the memory of X-Man. <laughs> Because uh, did you know that X-Men ran for 74 issues? Yes, I do. I've been listening to um, Battle of the Atom. And one of the guys on there, one of their fans, sent them a bound copy of the entire X-Men run. Let me try that again. Sent him a bound copy of the entire X-Men run. And he has been an absolute hater of X-Men. And he read the entire thing and actually came out of it saying, okay, he's not that bad <laughs> see see um i we got into this a little bit with uh with rob who i'm gonna be eventually doing another podcast with but um <sighs> nate gray is a very special man he's a special he's boy. very special boy he's a special boy um, he hey hey he is he is the he is the man of the hour in the X-Men universe X-Men universe right so, now. So um I don't normally read X-Men stuff because I don't like them normally. I am against what they normally do in their format. Okay. But the age but. of X-Men is very interesting. I picked up the first mm-hmm. issue of uh of the Alpha, Age of X-Men Alpha and Age of X-Men uh, what is called Fabulous X Men or M- Marvelous X Men or whatever it's called? D- did you read? Did you read Uncanny X Men Eleven though? No, I've been boycotting reading most a- mainline X Men stuff. I would suggest reading Uncanny X Men Eleven just because it is a damn damn fine story. Okay, well, and and there are some and there are some feelings in there, and it is not your normal Marvel bullshit. It is actually good good content and it's you come out of there with some feelings because i and i know we haven't even talked about the person there's almost nothing on this dude but (laughs) uh (laughs) well then we'll we'll just do filler content to begin with and remember you have the power exactly you have the power of editing uh, which i'm looking over at my at my my own recording i'm saying okay i think i'm getting the volume right yeah no no i had to do a little bit of like uh leveling and stuff so like i got it good um but um my main problem with x-men I can't tell you when this happened, but at a certain point, I got tired at how they were doing their storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really tired of them doing like a mini event across like 11 books every three months. Fair I enough. got really, Fair really enough. tired of that. And also, like, I don't know, like, I have a problem with how often they retcon their own stuff to what it seems to be their own detriment a lot of times. Okay. It's kind of hard for you to point out direct stuff at the moment, but I got burnt a few times. 
sure, for my like sure. some of my I, more I favorite that. characters. I'm just like, you know what? Also, also, um, I also specifically I remember this. I read the battle Battle of the Atom. And I was just like, okay, yeah. first off, this is just a days of future past thing or whatever. Someone from the from someone from yeah. evil people from the past yeah. going to the I mean evil people from the future going to the past and whatnot. And right. um so first I'm just like, oh, okay, not original, but whatever. But one of those people was Molly Hayes with a robot arm. Okay, yes, okay? yes, yes. Yeah, runaways. Yes. Right. So one of my favorite characters, all awesome in the one ratio. Um mm-hmm. who they confirmed that her middle name is Hayes. So it's Molly Hayes Hernandez in the show because she's Hispanic in the show. Yeah. Okay. Which is sure. good because you sure. know, more yeah. Hispanic representation. Representation. Um, All right. I'm I'm pro more Hispanic superheroes because I happen to be Hispanic. Um so <laughs> um so she shows up with a robot arm. Um she uses her power once and then gets killed off panel. And I'm just like, no, you are a bad people, and I will never read your stuff again because I had to read eleven pages. I mean, eleven issues of a very subpar story. Did you see one of my favorite characters that was not in a comic for about de- a decade at that point just get killed off panel? Yeah, you know, some sometimes sometimes you have to forgive and forget. I know, I know, I know that they hurt you bad. Well, you know what? I know they, that they hurt they you hurt bad me again because I was just like, okay, I'll start reading. And like you know, Bendis sometimes writes some pretty good stuff. So like, sure, you know? yeah, and yeah. So I, so I was just like, you know what? They just did the black vortex thing. You know, maybe I'll get into that. And I'm just like, oh, oh, this is just basically an apocalypse story, but cosmic. And you just, yeah. and then I was just like, no, I'm not reading this again. I keep on getting burnt. <laughs> you know, I, I think the problem is did you keep on getting into those those multi-issue arcs because I find that those are not good. I rather like the smaller but smaller. But here's things. the thing: every three months they have a multi-arc itch, like multi-book ish arc. So yeah, like that's yeah, see, yeah, yeah. I get burnt by that because yeah. if I want to keep up with what they're doing, I have to. Well, I I I decided I I went ahead and bought all ten of the dis- X Men disassembled. I read them. I liked them. I enjoyed them. I'm not going to buy all of the different parts of the Age of X-Man just because I, I got a lot of things I want to buy and my wife's already looking at how much I'm spending on comics, so let's not do that. But I'm going to keep up with the main main title and I once again, I got to tell you, X-Men 11, borrow that, take a peek at that at a comic book store. It's it's some good okay. stuff. It's some okay, good I'll stuff. I'll believe you. Like, but I mm-hmm. tell you every single time I read Mainline X-Men, I get burnt. Like I take a year break, wait for a new creative team, and then mm-hmm. I get burnt every single time. So I I I I'm not gonna say you're wrong at all because you know, those things happen. Yes. But there's there's good stuff out there. I'm I mean, not, I, really at this point in time. I'm, at this point in time, pick up anything that uh, Mark Russell's writing on the on the fringes, and you'll be happy. So, well, um, so now we're gonna, <laughs> but let's get now on. We're to this. actually going to talk about the person we're talking about, someone who wears a lot of clothes, someone mm, I don't know if someone I like this. who may get a lot of fur on his clothes, somebody who may get a lot of fur on his clothes, yeah. and who wears a lot yeah. of clothes, someone who also may fight at night. Oh, really? Yeah. And he also Not, has wait. a really dumb name, Tattered Dame, uh, Demalion, or Demalion, Tattered Demalion, oh. Demalion. Oh, this guy. Yeah, I. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's he's very much like his namesake. If I remember correctly, kind of a scarecrow looking. 
Um, he's got a lot of tattered clothes on him. Yep. And I, I want to say he's wearing a big hat, too. Yep. I could be wrong on yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, this is a character I ran into earlier when I was talking about Moon Knight. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Also, it does not show up in a lot of issues. No, no, he doesn't. So, um, his real name... Well, actually, um... Yeah, yeah, kind of scarecrow looking, the the red... Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember anything... I, I remember the picture. I don't remember actually... His backstory. So hit yeah, me. Yeah. Also, also, um, pirate boots. Pirate boots. Okay, so gotta love the pirate. Yes, he put another drop here. Okay. So his name is Arthur P- Paffenroth. Paffenroth. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let me see. Paffenroth. Here. See if I can. Let me see if I can help you out with this at all. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Um, it's spelled differently. Arnold. Paffenroth. Okay. Well, because I see it spelled three different ways of the comic vine page. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay, which one's right? <laughs> so, so, um, so he's a professional criminal, secret identity. Yeah. He also went by Michael Wyatt at one point. Was born was okay. born in Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, he's divorced. So. Ladies, poor guy, gentlemen in betweeners, he needs a rebound. Hey, he, this is a fixy, uh, fixer upper. Yeah. This is a real big fixer upper. I mean, he is screaming for, he's screaming for, screaming for that queer eye from the straight guy kind of thing going yeah. on. You know, he's a he's a work in progress. So, um, he first appeared in Werewolf by Night issue number nine. In September 1973, terror beneath the earth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I you you go on. You go on. You keep hitting me with this, and I'm going to stop reading his backstory because we got lots of fodder. No, we do. And I want to. I want <laughs> oh, you to yes. look at his uh his, the, his first appearance. Um, so so on the cover, uh, werewolf by night, aka Jack Russell, is just um is being dragged to the sewers by a Tato Demalion. Um, Tato Demalion. Tato Demalion. Demalion, yeah. And uh, he's in the sewers, which I imagine he's, first off, he's in a lot of cloth, so that's soaking. That's just soaking up. And he's just pulling Jack Russell underneath. And Jack Russell's like, what's happening? Because he probably can't see what's going on. And um, it's night. Because he's a werewolf at night. Thus, werewolf by yeah. night. And there's not a lot of traffic either, which I don't think is true in L.A. L.A. or Las Vegas? It says L.A. Las Vegas. No, no it says L.A. on the cover. Oh. I'm not, not on the cover. Oh, okay. But the, All right. Yeah, so, yeah, so on a rainy night in L.A. But that's what the, whatever. Um it's either okay. Las Vegas or LA, but either way, I feel like you don't have a lot of, um, I feel like you'd still have a lot of trouble, uh, like traffic at night. Yeah. Yeah. I would think yeah. so. It doesn't look like a particularly like side street or anything. There's businesses and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. So he's just kind of dragging, dragging him under. I, I wanted there to be some, uh, cover piece theater here where 
you know, Jack Russell's just like, girl, what's going on down there? But no, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this guy's special. He's special. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's that's a real bold move also. Just be like, hey, I'm just going to drag you to the sewer. It's like he's seen uh, Phantom of the Opera one too many times and he didn't quite lean into it the right way. Author, uh, Paffenroth. Uh, was the only son of a husband and wife vaudeville tap dancing act. He began dancing mm-hmm. at the and and he began began dancing at the age of eight. At eighteen, he met a dancer named Julia Walker. Well, you think she would? She shouldn't be walking if she's dancing. In adopting the name Michael Wyatt, formed a dance team with her and became popular enough to to star in a number of motion pictures made in the late forties and early fifties. Wyatt and Walker. Puffin uh, Puffinroth realized the popularity of the films would have made would one day uh, wane. So he carefully invested his earning in the uh, Las Vegas casino. When indeed he could no longer get work in Hollywood, he split up with Walker to attend to his business. He's okay. a good man. Good man. Good man, good man. You're no longer of any financial use to me, so get away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor, poor, poor tattered boy. At some time in the early 70s, trying to acquire other real estate, uh, he ran afoul of uh, Las Vegas mobsters and who swindled him out of everything he owned. Uh, (laughs) Mentally disturbed by the experience, he... Hang on, hang on a second. If you can't trust a Las Vegas mobster, who can you trust? Who can you trust? Um, I'm gonna imagine uh, corporate lawyers. Um, nope. yeah, you could definitely Fair. good, good yeah, call. You can good definitely call. Good corporate call. lawyers, yeah. uh, lobbyists. You could definitely trust lobbyists. Lobbyists. Lobbyist. Um, um, anybody who works in the legislature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all trustworthy people. But starting off with front of the line, Las Vegas mobsters. Never do your wrong. They will never do your wrong. He, he just got the run group or lost the one wrong group. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mentally disturbed by the experience, he fled to L.A., where he soon became a drunken derelict. As one does. As one does. No matter what Nick Cage might tell you in any certain movie, you don't go from Los, Los Angeles to Las Vegas to become a drunken homeless person, you do it the you other way. You should do it the other way, like, obviously. Um, uh, for several years, he eked out a, a bare existence on the outskirts of society. Finally, he was recruited into, the ar- uh, into an army of derelicts by Sidney Sarnak, a former sound engineer turned criminal. <laughs> a thing I think we're missing out of like marvel uh, like modern marvel is you don't have just like criminal like everyday men just like there's a there's a definite lack of people pulling themselves up from the bootstraps to become hardened base level criminals with a thick thick backstory like you know you don't get like sure you do get the occasional like uh man i forgot his name already it was in the first issue of Superior Spider-Man, the reboot. Um, uh, 
the guy who's like a knockoff shocker, but like has a way cooler outfit. Oh, I don't. I haven't read that one. Definitely read the new but Superior I, Spider-Man, though. It's okay. It's really right. fun. Yeah, we don't. But we, you're right. We don't get this kind of a you know a level. No, this level, this D level type of character who literally is coming from the outskirts of society. Yeah, we don't we don't get a, a lot of them, but no. Yeah. So uh, Sarnak has been hired has hired and outfit outfitted by the committee, a secret cabal of Los Angeles businessmen trying to foster a climate of fear, which they believe. Uh, would sim- stimulate the economy. So, um, this is a long line of very not great names for criminal organizations. I would also like to point out a criminal organization that would be acting at this time called the Corporation. The Corporation, which, but I like the fact I like the, I do like the Army of Fear. Yeah. The Army of Fear. Yeah. That's yeah. So. Um, to this end, Sarnak organized a small army of derelicts. I'm glad that they went mm-hmm. with derelicts instead of like homeless and stuff. It brings a little bit bums. bums like, cause I, I feel like, uh, it puts a layer onto it, which doesn't make it seem as exploitive. <laughs> it, it adds, it adds a nice level, level of sheen to it. They really clean yeah. up nicely. Those derelicts. Yeah. Do. Like they could have said, like, we have an army of hobos that will do stuff for us for very little. Um, it, then it's just it's just a step away from you know, you know bums fighting on the street at that point in time. So now we don't want to do it. Which he controlled by means of a specially designed ultrasonic whistle capable of stimulating the emotional centers of the brain. So <laughs> he basically <laughs> trained a bunch of hobos to fight for him like you would a dog. We've got Pavlov's army. We have Pavlov's army. So Pathenroth, Pathenroths was one of Sarnak's chief operatives until uh, Snar- Sarnak went mad after an encounter with the werewolf by night, uh, Jack Russell. Ah, oh, this is some good, good 1970s mm, Marvel BS. It's real good. I... I do, like, part of me likes that we have a generally good and coherent storytelling in most comic books now. But I do kind of miss the times when you would have, like, Jerry Conray and Steve Gerber and stuff. Just writing whatever came to mind and then it just somehow worked. This is this is the old, this is, you know, Defender, Stephen Strange, just wackiness. Yeah. So very loose very loose universe that you know things kind of fit together and and really utilizing the entire united states and not just everything in new york city so i on some levels i like what we got going on here i mean i like he's an interesting fella um i like the back storyline you know why not let's let's find a bum make him a werewolf's enemy You got me going. I like it. He later acquired from the committee his own special paraphernalia to to launch his own campaign of uh, terror, calling himself the Tattledemalion. Tattledemalion? 
Yeah. yeah. Can't say it. He could have just called himself the titled demon or something. I don't know. He uh, struck out randomly at the wealthy whose ranks once claimed him as a member. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, I did my own little look in here, but uh, Tattered Demalion is basically a ragamuffin. It's a person dressed in ragged clothing. Oh, so he's just reaching real back, far back. We, he, he got himself, he got himself a dictionary. Ragamuffin would have been a great name as well. Ragamuffin would Actually, have been a know, fantastic if he, name. If he has a sidekick or like a daughter in the future. Yeah. Like Ragamuffin, yeah, Ragamuffin. Ragamuffin would be great. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the, let's go ahead, but they want, they wanted to use something from the 1600s. Yep. Something that was so, just so anachronistic and very much so. He would, yeah, but he would strike out randomly at the wealthy, which I am not against. Um, unlike the common criminal who sought to acquire wealth for himself, he sought to destroy money and material possessions. Also, I'm okay with that. Sure, yeah, sure. I'm okay. Down with the down with the hierarchy. Yeah, down with down with the capitalism. Um. In NLA, he opposed and he was opposed and defeated by were- the werewolf by night. And uh, by the way, just as the werewolf, because they're trying to get rid of the werewolf by night at this time. But I just like werewolf by night better because. Because, you know, you've only got so many seconds and hours in the exactly. day and I'm going to use it by adding by night. Yep, to it. I'm, I, I plan on dying at least a little bit earlier by saying by night way too many times. Um, yeah, but he was defeated by Spider-Man and Werewolf by Night, and then was freed by uh, from police custody by the committee. Um, then he traveled to Las Vegas months later to terrorize a casino, which he used to own. But then he also faced Werewolf by Night in combat again, along with Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider. All who right. at this time is All not right. the Ghost Rider, but I... St- He's just straight he's, up. He's, John, he's Johnny just Blaze. Johnny Blaze. It, right now, it's uh, Danny Ketch. Um, I will say I prefer Johnny Blaze over Danny Ketch. Mm, okay. All right. And I prefer. And I prefer. Uh, it was Alejandra. I forget. She was like ghostwriter for like a hot minute. She was like Hispanic, yeah. and like she had like, she was really cool. Uh, but like she got she got the spirit of vengeance ripped out of her real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, there was the gentleman who had the car too. Well, he's technically doesn't have the spirit of vengeance. He technically has the the spirit of a serial killer in him. I don't care. He's got the flaming head, flaming ghost face, and a car. Doesn't have all the same powers. I'm gonna um actually. I know. I'm gonna um actually. I know. I know. I I know. (laughs) But I also. I also actually really liked how they they showed him in the Agent of Shields uh, TV show. I was really doubting it, but they pulled it off really well. I think Ghost Rider. I think Ghost Rider is perfect. Was perfect for that show because he was. It wasn't him. A show built around him. He was just a part of it, and it fit perfectly. And also, uh, they confirmed that. Johnny Blaze exists in that universe as well yeah. as Robbie Reyes with the Spirit of Vengeance, which means it's still yeah. wide open. So we could actually have like good Ghost Rider, live action Ghost Rider stuff. I still don't think I still think Ghost Rider is a fine supporting cast member, but I don't 
we've seen what happens when you try to build a, something around him. I will I will say Jason Aaron did a really good job with him. Did a really good job. But it's also Jason yeah, Aaron. I, I like him. It's books. also Jason Aaron writing. <laughs> so But I, I should I should point out I when I'm saying this, I'm I'm not saying about the comic books, I'm saying more of the, the visual media. Oh, visually, so. yeah. I can understand. A lot of the characters I like are better side characters, which means they're never going to get a good spotlight. <laughs> so, like, that's right. but that's just me being a comic hipster, I guess. Just remember that Aquaman movie came out and was successful. So it, anything can happen these days. I anything can heard happen. It had a similar thing with Wonder Woman, and I like two thirds of Wonder Woman a lot and tolerated the last yeah. bit. <laughs> so. I enjoyed I enjoyed all of Aquaman <laughs> because I just went in and I turned off my brain and I just said bring me the silliness and I accepted the silliness and it was a good movie. Okay, like I, that was one I, I I'm just waiting for it to watch it like uh, like at home like uh, like no because like, Wonder Woman I really like the first two thirds of the movie I love the I first agree. two thirds I agree. But then they just messed up all their setup with a big giant CG battle and got rid of all the nuance they had in it. And just like, okay, cool. She fought a god and won. What's next? I don't know. Well, you know what could have happened? No, like, <laughs> here's here's what would have been kind of cool. Maybe they didn't have, like, the big CG battle. Maybe she just had to stop the plane at the end. And yeah, and, I would have been fine and with that. maybe Doctor Poison got a more of a like screen time and actual like you know personality. And Ares, yeah. who told you exactly why he was more successful in this day and age, kept on doing that. And maybe yeah. if Wonder Woman tried to go after the Great Britain's like war minister, she would have looked like a bad guy. And you just kept that going where she he kept on taunting her. But no, this, mm, sorry. Sorry. I know we got off. We got completely we got off, off topic. topic. It's just a problem it, I have. It, I have such a big problem with the end of that movie. It could have been so <laughs> much better. It could have been a fully good movie. <laughs> I got you. I understand. It I turned understand. into an okay movie. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I like the movie a lot, but I'm right there with you. Like, but so, sorry, uh, T Man, T Man, yeah, T Man, uh, Ragamuffin. So Ragamuffin. Him, we're calling him Ragamuffin. Yeah, so Werewolf by Night and Johnny Blaze uh, just fought him um, while attempting to steal a expensive race car. A Ragamuffin crashed and was left for dead. He survived. However, he made his way back to L.A., uh, where he discovered his former dance partner. Jar- uh, I was about to Walker. Walker. Uh, had resigned to playing piano accompaniment for singers at the Hollywood nightclub called Riley's Ace of Clubs. Maddened that his one-time paramour has fallen on hard times, he began terrorizing the singers at the nightclub in a misguided belief that it would enable her to resume the limelight. Because he's the phantom of the opera, is that? Uh, then uh, Dazzler opposed him, however, revealed to Walker who he really was. And then Walker was just like, oh no, he's a broken man who tried to obst- tried to insert himself into my life and thought he could do better for me by terrorizing people around me. And then, and then she was just like, oh, I need to help you. Did did you see a picture of of him yep. with his mask off? Mm, I don't think I have. 
Oh, dear me. That's no good. No. He's not a looker. No. No, no. He's got he's got that 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 pattern baldness up there and uh mm, no. Walker after basically have the, having this man just uh insert herself very violently into her life, decide that she needed to fix him because that's how women work apparently. Of yep. course. Of course. Yep. Uh but the mentally disturbed man eventually proved burdensome to her. <laughs> and uh he was recently recruited by the night shift who was run by the shroud um and that's pretty much it yeah yeah he's a he's a person he's a person he is a person he is a bottom dweller who has uh stink powers hmm. actually no his top power his top power is that he is an expert trained tap dancer and performer. Well, well, I'll get into I'll get into what he does a little bit later. First we're going to get to his deeds. So, he's he's kind of a tall man. He's 5'9". By time kind of tall, I mean um he weighs 195, has blue hair and brown, I'm sorry, blue eyes and brown hair. I liked it better the first yeah, way. He he was an anime kid at first. Um <laughs> so his unusual feature is due to his lack of hygienic uh, habits, he emits a harsh, offensive odor at all times. So it's not even so. He's basically a pig pen. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he could take a shower every once in a while, but he doesn't. He he is. He takes a bath every day in the sewer. What do you want from him? Oh, hmm. oh, yeah. oh! I I see. I see. He has the human, he has the normal human strength of a man who engages in regular manic exercise. Not just regular manic. exercise, regular manic Which exercise. Which means he has random bursts of extreme strength, but is somewhat weird and shaky half the time. So he has no super, superhuman powers. He is very uh -huh. agile and coordinated, having one time being an expert tap dancer. There you go. There you See, go. See, I know that some of the skills would go over. You sure. Know, but I don't understand how, why he would be extremely agile. Well, if he was on the stage and actually filmed Tap Dancer, I mean, that, that takes some talent. That takes some skill. Um, you know, con well, con you know, you have good control of your legs. You've got con good control of those muscles. Um, so, yeah. He's got that going for it. Don't take away his tap dancing powers. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> I haven't sold you on this. I haven't sold you on it at all. If they wanted to really, uh, you know, tell me that he was someone special, a normal human being, they would have told me <laughs> that he has peak human performance um, because he tap danced so hard that he became like, Almost like one of the top humans, like half of the humans in the Marvel Universe with no powers. Just peak okay. human, you know, a thing that yeah, you can yeah. just become like easily with yeah. with very little help. Or The first thing you have to do in order to be a peak human is to put down the bag of Doritos. Yeah. Or, or he could have been an Olympic level tap dancer. That's another thing that falls <laughs> That's putting down the bag of Doritos and the box of donuts. Yes. 
Um, so paraphernalia. He wears a specially designed gloves treated with a solvent a cap- formula capable of dissolving such materials as papers and fabrics. I have the power to destroy paper and fabrics. Which are notoriously very easy to destroy. I don't believe you, so I'm going to have to do a little test here. I am not a peak human, but I have here in front of me a piece of okay, paper. Okay, okay. Okay, it, it it is a paper. He like it's not. He's not miming or anything. It's yeah. Oh yeah, it's making the noise. Okay, okay. So, I I have not been sprayed with any chemicals to my knowledge. Uh, mm, I think you destroyed it. Like I like not completely destroyed. Ooh ooh ooh. Mm. You know what? I think he's actually destroying it. I. Could be Ragamuffin. <laughs> you could be. <laughs> um, so his stock and trade is causing paper money to disintegrate in fineries to tether and just decay. Well, you know, if you are going to be the enemy of all capitalism and you have the power to take to destroy paper and cloth, then yes, I have in my hand a wad of money. Watch it disintegrate. Capitalism be damned. Then, 30 years later... He can't do anything because it's all digital. (laughs) It can't stay for long. Foiled! Foiled by a credit card! (laughs) He can't plant melt plastic. So... Um... It's not ah. it's not known what the solvent of his gloves employs, nor the mechanism that replenishes the chemicals on the surface of his glove, nor by means he keeps the gloves from disintegrating themselves. <laughs> it tracks his his uh clothes are coated with a special greasy substance that make him very slippery and hard to hold on to. <laughs> it's called slime from the sewer, baby. That's what it's called. Or he just doesn't wash that often and he lives in the sewer. And even if he was very hard to grab onto, you probably wouldn't want to hold on to him for that long. Not so much. Not so much. Among his very layer, uh, very many layers of garments is a layer of Kevlar, Kevlar, enabling him to resist the penetration of small caliber bullets. Sometimes he employs a cloak which contains a hand-activated chloroform gas capsule and la- allowing him to chloroform people by throwing his cloak over their heads it's not chloroform it's stink he's knocking them out with his sewer stank he also employs a long scarf with lead weight sewn into the ends he uses a scarf as an offensive weapon you were right with that word it is an offensive weapon so that's a ragamuffin he's a smelly dude I gotta say all in all I think he stinks um, it's not, I'm not going to go out on the limb and say he's a junk character, but there's definitely garbage in his backstory. I would probably refuse everything about him. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's just nothing but a pile of rubbish. Yep. These, um, some would say he is, uh, a tattered man. So yeah, let's see if he showed up in anything else that was interesting. He was in the night shift, which... Mostly fought the West Coast Avengers. Um, now, 
Uh, I'm going to say this at the top, off the top of my head. I have not read a lot of West Coast Avengers. I've got a good run of them, but it's been a long time since I've revisited it. I am reading the new run of West Coast Avengers, which is very, very good. But the new run is amazing. The old run. Yes. Mm. Ah. I liked parts of the old run. I, I, I am an old, old fan of the original Hawkeye. And I cannot tell you why, but I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of the West Coast Avengers, of Solo Avengers. I, I did like that run, and I like the new run a lot, too. But I, I can't remember. I, I can't really remember him too much in there so, right now. I'd have to go back through So it. I have a just quick question for you. Sure. Are you normally very tolerant of complete douchebags? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of am. Like I said, I can't, I can't tell you why I like Hawkeye. I mean... Because until, like, Matt Fraction got a hold of Hawkeye, he was an irredeemable character. <laughs> he had some good moments. He had some good moments before then. Um, it's kind of funny. The, the period of time when I was reading him in Avengers West, uh, Avengers West Coast and uh, Solo Avengers, that period he was not bad. But a lot of times before and a lot of times after, he was bad until... <laughs> fraction got a hold of him i i can't tell you why i liked i always liked the character there's something about him that i liked um i think it has a lot to do with the fact that going back to what you were saying before about peak human and olympic level here's a guy that has no other powers except he's really good with a bow and arrow and something about that i really liked but no i i really like him i love matt fraction's run on him with the uh hawkeye my life is a my life is a weapon and uh, the current stuff he's doing with him and, and the world's best Hawkeye <laughs> um, and, and Avengers West, uh, the West coast Avengers right now. It's good stuff, but yeah, he recently spent we'll a majority of an issue trying to fashion a bow out of his, uh, out of his shirt and some, uh, some wood off of a cage he was in. Uh, yep. And, yeah. um, that was almost the entire, entire issue. Just of trying to, trying to do that yep. while, um, yep. Gwynpool and, uh, Quentin Choir was fighting sharks and a pole underneath of them. It was, uh, pretty good. Also, never would have guessed this. Good, good Quentin series. Choir and Gwynpool make a good couple. Weird. Oh my God. Oh my Weird. God. Oh my God. <laughs> Weird, but they make a really good, believable couple. It works. Also, I'm glad Quentin Choir gets a lot of attention in it because I like him a lot. I like how all, it's a. V- I like how all of his T-shirts are basically like, "Hey, I am a big deal, but you guys won't make me a big deal." <laughs> I like the fact that they've got a good ensemble cast. They each get their own playtime, and it's very, very nice. Yes, but we we are not talking about that right now. We are talking about no, Ragamuffin, no. who we are now done talking about completely. So I'm fine yeah. with that. So what is your plugs? My plugs. Well, as I said at the top of the show, I am part of Jeff and Rick Presents, and we do a show completely and utterly on Power Pack. That's right. We have Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which you can find at any fine location where you look up your podcasts. Hmm, that was very awkward, but I'm going to keep going with it. Uh, you can also see me at Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, or sorry, Twitter at Jeff Rick Present. And um, yeah, that's that's the big plug for me is just 
unpacking the power of power pack yep so uh my name is gse i have another podcast called creepy critters where i talk about cryptids um if you'd like to see pictures of my little cryptid cat who's like right behind me i i see him i i see something licking himself all right if you'd like to see pictures of yeah if you'd like to see pictures of him you can go to uh, at Marvelous Mooch on Instagram. And while you're there, you might as well go to uh, uh, at Alphabet Flight on Instagram and on Twitter if you want to see the pictures of the people we're talking about. And um, you'd probably want to do that for... Probably want to do that for Ragamuffin because... Um, He's a looker, folks. He is a looker. looker. And if he didn't smell like a guy who lived in the sewers, he'd probably be kind of interesting. Besides that, um, this has been Alphabet Flight. And please listen to Prince Namor and don't do that horn. Good night. Good night, folks. Good night, folks.